Hi, welcome to the Emergence Playbook. Hello, welcome to the Emergence Playbook. I'm Santi Sugotovsky, General Partner with Emergence Capital, and I have the great pleasure of having Eric Yuan, founder and CEO of Zoom. I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with Eric for a few years now, and it's been a delight. We're going to ask him a few questions, and we're going to try to see if we can learn something from what he's been doing, because he's building something amazing. Thank you very much, Eric, for joining us. And Thank you, Sandy. My pleasure. And let me start with a few questions about the story. I mean, you've been in this space for a very long time. You were part of some of the most successful companies in the space, and then you decided that what was out there was not enough. So you wanted to start your own company. You started Zoom. Walk us through the story there. How, what got you into Zoom? You know, I came to the Silicon Valley in 1997. I joined WebEx as one of the first several founding engineers. Ultimately, I became vice president of engineering. So essentially, I built WebEx from the very beginning. You know, I put so much you know, effort, a lot of time on WebEx. However, back to 2010 or 2009 time frame, every time I visited WebEx customers, you know, after the meeting was over, I, I felt very embarrassed because I did not see a single happy WebEx customers. I, I tried to, you know, to think about what had happened. And finally, I realized you know, the customer, they complained about all those problems. Those are brand new problems. You know, when we build a WebEx, the problem, we try to resolve the problem to share the PowerPoint and share your screen. And those are brand new problems. I think the only way to, to make sure customer happy is to build something from scratch to address those problems. That's why I decided to leave because I cannot tweak WebEx because that's based on older architecture. And also back to 2011 timeframe, you know, Cisco was unwilling to change its collaboration strategy. So I finally, I decided I wanted to build something to make sure customer happy. Yeah, and you weren't seeing your customers happy and that affected you. And now every time I visit your office or every time I talk to someone at Zoom, they are proud that they're delivering not video conferencing, not a room conference system. They're delivering happiness. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, happiness is part of the fabric at Zoom. I, I hope I, I know that security sauce, you know, how to make sure, you know, yourself happy. I always ask about that question, even when I was young. Because what's life about, right? It's about happiness. However, how to deliver happiness to yourself, and especially for a sustainable happiness. I think, you know, over the past, you know, I think 10 or 15 years, I realized the only way to have a sustainable happiness is to make others happy. So when you build a business, if you can make your customer happy, your business will be happy. You know, as a founder, for sure, also I'll be happy. Yeah, this is interesting. We, we talk to a lot of companies here at Emergence, and most of them talk about, oh, I want to build a billion dollar company. And I remember when we were raising this last round and people were talking about billion dollar valuations, you were kind of, let's not talk about that. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that that's the ultimate goal. I want people to be happy and to deliver happiness, employees, customers, investors, partners. And for me, that, I mean, that's an inspiration, what, what, what you guys are doing. And it pays off really well. At Zoom, when I look at the people that you're bringing in, you're bringing in very special people and turnover is extremely low in every organization, the engineering, sales, customer success, there's almost no turnover. How do you do that? How do you find the people that over deliver and how do you keep them excited? You know, our culture is to deliver happiness and also our company's value is just one word, care. So meaning we care about the community where we live, 
we care about the company, we care about our customer, we care about our teammates, and also we care about ourselves. Before we recruit anyone, we want to make sure you know, this uh, you know, new potential employee can fit very well to our culture, really share the same you know, value which is skill. And because as you know, we every day we think about how to care about each other and how to care about the customers and to make a customer happy. When they come to the office, they feel like, wow, you know, this is not like some other company they worked for before. You know, after a while they feel very bored, but here they feel pretty happy because they know when they come to the office, a lot of their teammates, they try to care about them, try to deliver happiness to them. You know, in my case, every day when I go to the office, I wanted to go, go to the office. I know actually my teammates, they are, they are going to make me happy. Yeah. You know, that's why I think, you know, the employee really enjoy working there. You're delivering happiness and a lot of your customers are feeling that. Do you remember one or two stories of customers that have come to you saying, oh, you're not only delivering great video conferencing, but you're changing the way we work? I think we have a lot of our stories, you know, like from our customer in education sector, healthcare, and some high-tech companies. As one story, I remember that as several years ago, a patient, you know, you know, and he he was using Zoom for a long time, and he got to have a surgery, and it's very serious surgery. But he he's not sure about it. should it, you know, should he has a surgery or not? And he was using you know Zoom and talk with the doctor here, and get a second opinion. And finally, you know, the second opinion is you do not need to have a surgery. Literally, it sort of saved his uh, lives, right? Yeah. I think uh, we feel like, hey, if we any users can leverage our technology, right, to truly make their lives better, I feel very, you know, proud of that. Yeah. yeah, and more and more customers are adopting Zoom. So I hear when they email me, it's like, when they're not scheduling a call or a video call, they're scheduling a Zoom and they're sending me those links. So over the last few years, you guys have experienced hyper growth, something that we haven't seen in a very long time. It's incredible how fast you're growing. And I remember the early days when you and I started chatting, Zoom was mostly used by SMB companies and mid-market. And now you're getting pulled into enterprise. And I remember the first conversation with you where you said, oh, we're not enterprise ready. If enterprise customers come to me, I'm going to tell them to wait until we develop our products enterprise ready. So how did you change the way things are being done at Zoom as you went from SMB to mid-market yeah. and enterprise and you deliver happiness across those three segments? Yeah, you're right on. I still remember, you know, several years ago, you and I, we talked about how to penetrate into the enterprise uh, segment. You know, on day one, we really wanted to go to enterprise. However, we also know that, you know, enterprise is different. You got to make sure everything ready. You know, you wouldn't have one chance, right? Yeah. Just one opportunity to impress enterprise customers. So we took a, a sort of a little bit of different approach. So, so we started from SB customers. We always think about whenever we are ready, we are going to be aggressive to target enterprise customers. Because if you have a very happy SB customers, guess what? They can use Zoom to talk with their customers, their partners. Their customers, their partners could be enterprise customers. So maybe indirectly, we already get an enterprise to try to use Zoom until we have a very good feedback from those SMB customers, potentially enterprise customers as well, even if they do not use our solution. And after that, we realize, okay, we are ready. And then we started to directly talk with the enterprise customers. That's how you know, we, we got here and we have more and more enterprise customers over the past two years. And as you guys were going through this journey, as a technical founder, you started spending a lot of time in sales. 
And sales is less about pushing for you and it's more about understanding what people want and making sure that you, that you deliver the type of solution they're looking for. How do you think technical founder needs to prepare to manage sales? Because if I'm not mistaken, you're probably spending more than half of your time more in than sales. I, looking back, I think in the sales has much more fun, seriously, than engineer. Because if I started over my career, I wanted to join as a sales rep. The reason why, you know, when you build a product, right, just that you build a product by yourself. However, how to make sure the customer, they like using your product. How to make sure customers say, I want to pay for your product. This, this, I think that's us. Yeah. You know, because, in, in, you know, you need to interact with the customers, you know, share with the customers about your, your product, your value. And essentially, you know, almost for every, you know, service, there's so many, you know, uh, competitive solutions out there. How can you convince customer to use your solution to standardize on your platform rather than your competitor's platform? I think it's very exciting. That's yeah. why I, I have a passion, you know, to talk with customers. I do not think that's a sales. I feel like that's an interaction to, to work together with our customers to build their trust. In engineering, you know, you do it inside a company. You got to talk with customers. You got to enjoy that. Do you think that successful technical founders need to engage with sales and need to be involved with sales? Ideally, that's an ideal case. However, if you really don't want to do that, for sure, you can find a co-founder with a sales background, with marketing background. Ideally, ideally, as a technical founder, if you also try to embrace the sales, you know, try to talk to these customers, I think that's that's a you know wonderful story because otherwise, you need two co-founders or three co-founders to yeah. start something. And as you keep growing, and I, I think I saw one of your interviews, it's not that I have access to a lot of information from a company, but in one of your interviews, you said that you're growing and some quarters you're cash flow positive, even though you're experiencing hyper growth. What do you prioritize? Do you prioritize being cash flow positive, hyper growth? How do you achieve both at the same time? So we prioritize making customer happy for sure, right? It's a however, when it comes to financial metrics, you know, ideally, we want to make sure this is a sustainable business. How can you make sure you have a sustainable business? You cannot say, oh, we just spend, get the customers, spend, get the customers. Look forward to somebody in the future, we are going to be profitable, we are going to cash flow positive. But what if you cannot achieve that? So that's why it's ideally just look at this year, look at this quarter, look at the day. What can you do to make sure you deliver the product to the customers, make your customer happy? At the same time, you can be profitable, be cash flow positive. If you cannot do that, you should understand where's the problem and try to understand the root cause. You should have a solution today. That's what we did. We never thought about that. Okay, let's focus on growth. In, in three years, we will be profitable, we'll be cash flow positive. We always share with our team. We should be cash flow possible, positive this quarter rather than next quarter. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Looking back at your journey, you started this company, you had a dream. You made a ton of progress. Looking back, what are the key decisions that you think ended up creating an amazing company? And what would you have done differently if you were to the, start the key, decision, key decision, obviously, you know, I left Cisco yeah. and uh, I had a you know, huge emotional connection with WebEx, but I think that's the best decision I've ever made. I left Cisco to start Zoom. Looking back, I should have left Cisco <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah to start a zoo because you know every day when I wake up 
I think about our customers, think about the direct impact, the influence. I feel like, you know, very excited every day when I wake up. The first thing, I just want to go to office to work, you know, to talk about the, you know, the, the, with customers. To, you know, to talk with our teammates as well. You know, back then, you know, it's too big company. You know, no matter how hard you're working on something, it's, your impact is, is not there. It's less influence to the world. Can you give us a glimpse of what you're working on at Zoom and where you want Zoom to be in five years? So tell us a story of where you want to be in five years. In five years, I want everybody, they're going to use Zoom, right? So for sure, in a kind of uh, the all know Zoom, let's Zoom, you know, anywhere. Any, anywhere, the, 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 more like today, you, you are using your smartphone, either iPhone or Android phone. You know, hopefully, when it comes to collaboration, everybody will use Zoom in several years. So, for the time being, at the same time, we're working on improving our work with the collaboration service. We're also going to add more and more club, you know, unified collaboration features. And also, we are going to apply artificial intelligence into our product. And we are going to integrate with uh, AR devices down the road. I think a lot of exciting things. Overall, we want to make sure you know customer they can standardize on Zoom platform for the overall unified collaboration solution. Now I want to switch over a little bit to the advice section of this interview. You're a solo founder. Being a CEO is sometimes a lonely job, and being a solo founder, it's even lonelier. What advice do you have for solo founders? How do you build? that trusted group of advisors who don't necessarily have a vested interest in the company, but want you, yeah. founder and CEO, to succeed? That's a wonderful question. You're right. It's very lonely. So every day, you know, I needed to talk with myself, especially you know, during the night. You know, think about something, you know, you got to make sure you needed to handle that. However, also enjoy that. The reason why is there's a pros and cons. There's sole founder and also multiple co-founders. But in my case, actually, even if I'm the sole founder, however, I do look at it, you know, people I trust, like you, like Jason, like Gordon, like, my, you know, my engineers, my, you know, VP sales. Even if we are teammates or partners, literally, I view them as my co-founders. Yeah. Because anytime, like, I have a question, I give you a call, right? You give me advice. In that case, you're my co-founder. You know, my engineer lead, right? Whenever I have an architect questions, I call them. When I call them, I view them. My, my co-founders. So essentially, I'm not only the sole founder, I have a lot of co-founders. Yeah. So that's the way I, I look at this. I mean, that's a great approach. Building that advisory board of people you trust, people who want you to succeed beyond what their function or title is. That's amazing that you managed to do that. Another piece of advice for entrepreneurs looking for funding. I know that early on, when you started the company, it wasn't that easy to get the right I mean, the right VCs and people didn't understand what you are doing, what you're going into such a competitive space. And now, fast forward a few years, everyone's calling you and it's like, Eric, when you raise money, I want to invest. And it's like, the tables have flipped completely. What's your advice? What have you learned through that process? So you're right, huh? As we, uh, early stage, you know, you know, our like a uh, city round, a round, just a lot of those Andrew investors I, I know of. And uh, when it comes to institutional investors, I got to give, uh, I think, uh, emergency capital, you and Jason and Gordon, this is great, and the whole team, a great, you know, I would say that the credits. Because, you know, you look at the Silicon Valley, there's so many VCs. Emergency capital is sent to you, the first one, yeah. who decided to invest us. I, I feel great because before that, seriously, I, I, I was concerned because I knew we have a great technology. However, 
how to convince other investors is really hard because they do not know you, right? Do not know your team. But I think you and your team took a different approach. You guys reached out to us because you already did a, did the homework, right? Read and understand this space. If I wanted to, you know, to go outside and raise money, it's really hard. But however, if you focus on business, make sure your customer happy, I think the best VC in the world, they are going to reach out to you. Yeah. That's exactly what had, had happened in our case for the Ceron. Then you guys reach out to us because our customer happy. You guys did a great job to talk with our customers. Yeah. I would say for, for the founders, the most important thing is to focus on customers, make sure they're happy. And then, you know, the funding sh should be okay. Yeah, that's great. If you were to start another company, what are the areas that you're excited, intrigued? Would you start another collaboration company or would you look at other spaces? What are the areas that are exciting for you? I think that if I can start over, I think two spaces. One is probably healthcare. I, I think like a telemedicine, telehealth. I feel like, you know, today there's, there's so many great companies focus on all those great technologies. However, when it comes to healthcare, I think it's still you know, technology is still not there yet. Yeah. A lot of opportunity are there for the, the healthcare market. That's one area. Another area for sure is artificial intelligence. You know, my background is math, right? I, I really like the AI, it's how to apply the big data sense and into like address some real world problems. I think, you know, probably AI and healthcare are two areas I have a huge interests. I have a last question for you, and this is going to be more open-ended. I mean, you have three beautiful kids, super smart. They all have different passions. What do you think in your upbringing made you such an entrepreneurial person? And what are the lessons that you're sharing with your kids to make them first not take everything for granted? Growing up here in California, people can take stuff for granted. And also think about what are the big problems that need to be be I would say, you know, for me, I, I you know, you're, I have three kids. I, I really, really enjoy spending time with my kids. I always told them, hey, you got to think about how to make others happy. Then you'll be happy. I always uh, tell them. They may not get that now, but hopefully down the road they will get that. The second thing I share with them, you got to pursue your own dream. You know, you do not need to follow what others do. You know, if you like my older son, he's not very tall. However, he wanted to be an NBA player for basketball. I said, go for it, do it, pursue your own dream. And he's working really he's hard. He's working really hard, even harder than me. Yeah, so, yeah that's amazing. Yeah. Eric, thank you very much. We're extremely proud to be partners and we're extremely happy that you're helping us do what we do much easily, communicate with a lot more people, and you're delivering happiness to us. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, appreciate it, thank you. You and Emergency Capital truly help us a lot. Without your help, without Emergency Capital help, I really do not think we can achieve where we are now. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Emergence Podcast. For more thoughts from Emergence Capital, please visit playbook.mcap.com and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks, and you stay sassy.